Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. Today, or last week, we watched The Night House from 2020. Yes, we actually watched this on our anniversary. Yeah, we did. It was our special event. Right, it's why we picked it, because... It was our 20th anniversary, and we were like, we should watch a horror movie about relationships. That's right. We were looking up for that. And this one is a little off because the relationship is over at this point. Well, mostly over. I mean, is it? Uh, This is the story of a woman whose husband has shot himself, and she's grieving about that. So they were in a relationship. But are they still in a relationship? Yeah. She finds out a lot of interesting things that were going on in their lives that she didn't know about. Mm -hmm. I think the true horror piece of it, like, you know how there's horror movies that are about things you know aren't real, and then there's the horror piece about the thing you know is real? Yeah. That's definitely the this is real, it could happen piece of this movie. I mean... It goes pretty far with what she finds out. I guess we do spoilers. She finds out that her husband has murdered several people. Yeah. Which, I don't know, is more noble than it sounds when you just say it like (laughs) that. Yeah, but it's awful. It is. It's not good. It is. Yeah, you kind of need to know some backstory to understand what's going on in this movie. She has had a near-death experience, like previously in her life before she met her husband. And then after they got married, apparently some like demon from the other side was talking to him and saying that he needed this woman back, like that, that he met her when she died and now he wants her back. And he's like, got away. Yeah. And, and he's like tasking her husband with returning her to the side of the dead. Right. Yeah. And so the husband goes around finding women who look like her and killing them kind of ritualistically to try to trick the demon into thinking that it's gotten this woman back. Yeah, which he read in a book that that's supposed to work. And it worked for a while. Yeah, demons are dumb. I guess. But yeah, it didn't work forever. And apparently, like, that is kind of hard on the psyche, too, because... I think then the husband decides, like, the best way for him to stop doing these terrible things and not have to murder his wife is to murder himself instead. And an element to that is that I peeked at reviews of this movie and they gave me ideas that I didn't have, so I can't lay claim to this. But she is not a believer in afterlifey things, which comes up in the movie. As a result, the demon had no way to get to her, but it could get to her husband, who was a believer, and that's why it was using him to try to get her. And so he was saying that 
if I'm out of the picture, she is going to be safe, which is what he put in his suicide note. Right. He says, you know, nothing can get you now or you're safe now or something like that. But unfortunately, she saw all this ghosty stuff. Right. She becomes a believer. Starts to believe things. Yeah. Yeah. So I found this story like really interesting. This was different than anything that I've seen before. It, w- it was unique. I felt like it was kind of slow, though. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's one of those slow, grim kind of horror movies yeah. where it's it's all about depression and grief. Yeah. Well, and there was a lot that there were these horrible things going on, but it also was just like, how do you get through the days after the person you love is gone? And especially in such a, a traumatic way. Which that, again, that was like the real world horror piece of it as we're, you know, celebrating 20 years. And I'm thinking, <laughs> ooh, yeah, I don't know what I would do. Ugh. Like when she came home from the funeral to that empty house, that was hard to watch. Well, right. They made it very clear that it was very bad because she took a whole lasagna and tossed it in the trash. Can you imagine? I, I cannot I literally cannot imagine Wasting throwing away a whole a lasagna. lasagna. That's how upsetting it was. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it's good because it puts that same feeling onto us. The incredible upsetting, the feeling of loss <laughs> of a lasagna going in the garbage. <laughs> Which she also then <sighs> later apparently took out of the garbage and started eating from what we could tell. I mean, that's the more rational of the two behaviors, <laughs> if yes. you ask me. Yes. The other thing is, like, she she finds out, not only does she find out that her husband, who's no longer around to explain himself, has been doing all of these things that she doesn't understand. And at first, it's like she's just been, like, hanging out with other women, which, you know, is a really upsetting thing to learn. Yeah. But she also has to deal with the fact that there are people in her life who knew there was something going on. Mm-hmm. And that felt like an even deeper level of betrayal. Like there was this one person, but then even the people who are still around and who should be her support system, she can't trust them either, which is was yeah. an interesting like extra layer, I thought. Yeah. So her friend Mel, who lives nearby, she goes to him and is like asking him about things and he doesn't tell her at first until she finds the backwards house her husband was building, we haven't mentioned yet, but he was building a backwards house. Right. He's an architect. And like, as part of his whole thing, he's like, it needs to be in reverse. That was, that was in the book too. Oof. There was a handy book about how to deal with demons and you trick them with backwards houses and mazes and, uh, voodoo dolls. Yeah. But she's talking to Mel and he basically is like, before he actually gives her info, he's like, Stop trying to figure this out. It's no good for anyone. And it's like, that's not good. Well, so once you know everything that's happening, okay, so the friendship that they have is that Mel has lost his wife Mm -hmm. previously. And so, like, he knows what it's like to be the survivor in the relationship. And I think, like, there, there is a bit of truth to that where he's like, he thought her husband was cheating on her. He's like, 
no good can come of knowing this. Yeah, like, it's better if you just don't know. Right. Just go on with your life thinking that everything was okay. It's not going to change anything. It can only be beneficial. But obviously, if someone says to you, like, just stop worrying about it. Yeah. You don't really want to know what was going on. Just ignore it. That's the last thing that's going to make you well, stop I mean, investigating something. Once you have any inkling you're just yeah. like you can't just be like okay never mind i'm gonna stop pulling that thread right you, i guess that's it's not an option i guess it's fine that my husband has all these pictures of this other woman on his phone i'll assume I'm it's sure, for a good reason right i'm sure that was a completely innocuous thing yeah and about that grief piece there was a whole section where she's going through all his stuff and dealing with it and it's it's i mean it's not a big part but it's you know, it's a part where the movie kind of shows you that and it, mm-hmm. you feel it. You feel like, you know, what it's like to have to deal with the stuff left behind when someone is gone. And I was actually really upset by that scene. Yeah. That's because upsetting. I am someone who holds on to things because things help me remember. Like I have a terrible memory. So if I have a thing that like triggers the memory, then I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I can I can access it, but it doesn't just come on its own. And he had only been dead for a couple of weeks, maybe a month at the most at that point. And she's mad and she's going through and, and like basically just throwing all of his stuff in boxes. And I, I'm envisioning her just taking it all and just trashing it all. And all I could think was how much she was going to regret doing that, like years down the line, like how much she was going to, after she processed her anger, how much she was going to wish that she had something to help her remember the positive times, which may or may not have been true. Like I had to remind myself, like her anger is not just about what she's finding out, but also about the fact that he died by suicide and like that there were all of these reasons for her to be angry with him and that maybe she never would get to the point where she could forgive him and be okay and want to remember But like for myself, I was so anxious that, but I'm going to want those later. Yeah. Like, oh, right. That's not me. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of really well done emotion in this where it's just like, yikes, this is, this is the reality of what (gasps) this is all about. Oh, one of my favorite scenes was toward the beginning because she's a teacher And it's the end of the school year and some parent comes in and is mad about a grade for this like English class or something and is like pressuring her to, you know, oh, well, I don't think he should have gotten a failing grade. And she's like, well, he didn't do the work. Because you were out on that day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's like, because she didn't, he didn't do the work all semester long. And she's like, well, you told him he could make it up on the last day and then you weren't there. And she's like. Yeah, because my husband killed himself and blah, blah. And like, she like just blasts this parent. And the parent is like, oh, okay, well, never mind. It's fine. Everything's fine. And she's like, nope, nope. Here he's, he's got a C. Uh, Oh, you want an A? He, he, he has an A. Like, I don't care. None of what you were asking me about matters in any way, shape or form. It doesn't matter to me. It was super realistic and uncomfortable because having been a teacher, I could picture like being pushed to that point and having so much going on in your real life yeah. where you're like this one grade for this one semester for this one kid, <laughs> n- nothing hinges on this. 
Yeah. I don't care. I will give you whatever grade you think he should have. It doesn't Just matter. Just leave. Right? Like, I have no interest in trying to help your child be a better person in this moment. Like, if you want me to just hand him a grade, fine. Whatever. That's on you. Yeah. And it was so, like, it was kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, she did a lot of uh, a lot of staring people down. Yes. <laughs> Oh, and that parent like 180 <laughs> yeah. so fast. It was it was pretty funny. There was another scene like that where she's at a bar with a bunch of her coworkers and you know, they're talking about different things and they get into what happened to her husband and stuff and and then there's there's a lot of back and forth of, you know, oh, she doesn't want to talk about it. And she's like, no, it's fine. And she's getting real aggressive about it. Right. <laughs> Let me just tell you all the terrible truths in my life. Like, clearly, that's what is expected of me now. Yeah. And she gets to read them the suicide note, which Oof. is nice. Yeah. Just a fun after work cocktails. Right. Just drinks with friends. <laughs> Yikes. One of my notes, though... I just wrote, I'm not sure they're hitting the scary beats right. Mm. Because while the grief parts were very powerful, like I definitely felt them. The scary parts, it was like they were just a little too fast or a little too slow. And like they hit either right before I was ready for them or... Mm. Once I had already, I was like, yeah, okay, I don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> like I, I know where you're going. It hasn't happened. I'm over it. Yeah. I, it was, it was like just weirdly off. It's not so, not so much jump scary, more just psychological. Yeah. But even that, like, usually I like that. And in this yeah. case, I was like, nope, you missed it. Like there was a moment mm-hmm. where that would have really hit hard and then you waited just a second too long, and I processed it in my head. By the time it happened, I was—I had already moved past well, it. Well, see, that sounds similar to what I was noticing. It felt like a lot of the clues she found to unravel this mystery were, I want to say, too easy. Like, they were just presented too blatantly, I think. Like, for example, she... Gets her husband's architecture notebook where he's got drawings of their house because he Mm -hmm. designed their house. And then on the flip side page to a drawing of the house is an opposite of the drawing to the house. And that could have been interesting to think about. And, you know, why does that exist? And maybe some other pictures. But instead, that backwards picture said reverse house design or something next to it. And it was, you know, right there on the flip side. And it was like... It was just explaining it. And then yeah. on another page in that same book, it said Kerdroya, which was the name of the book of how you deal with demons. And she later finds that book and looks at it, and the page is marked for the part that matters. And those are really convenient clues. And Right. It made it so she could follow the path her husband took, the thought path he took perfectly without any yeah. distractions. Yeah, so I think I think a little too obvious in those ways. But we get into the demonic magical part of the story. There's this invisible demon trying to get her. It calls itself nothing because she made a big deal out of how when she was dead for 4 minutes or whatever, she felt nothing and it says I'm the nothing that I'm you felt. Nothing. Yeah. And so there's that and then her husband kind of 
inheriting that from her until eventually he took his own life. And then she's getting it back after that. And it feels like this is talking about depression. And, you know, even to the point, if you think about it, if you get in a car crash or what, I think that's what happened to her when she had her near-death experience, you can get head injuries, which literally cause depression. Yeah. And so there's this idea of depression and how it can feed on you and it, you know, it wants to take you and it's saying, I'm going to get you and you have to fight back. And then you can't really fight it by yourself. And of course, her husband tries to fight it for her, basically, while she's not getting better, but he's fighting it for her. And he can't handle that. And then she's alone again and fighting depression by herself. And then, though, support networks. Yes. She's saved at the last minute by her support network. Her two friends show up just to save her barely from this thing. That was another piece that was really, I thought, very well done at the end where she's in the boat and like nothing is talking to her and... So it, it kind of flips back and forth between what she's seeing, which is the nothing has taken on the form of her husband who is there and she's sitting in the boat and he's sitting in the boat with her and talking to her about, you know, the futility of continuing to live. Yeah. And and then what her friends are seeing, which is just her sitting in a boat, like just disassociated from the world, basically. Yeah. Which was a very accurate, I think, visual portrayal of the difference between what's going on inside someone's head and what it looks like is going on with someone when they're yeah. when they're dealing with like extreme depression like that. And then, yeah, the fact that her friend Claire kept showing up through the whole movie, even as she was like pushed away or told, yeah. you know, leave me alone, or like like we were talking about earlier, where where Beth was like aggressively telling her more information than she needed to know. Like that was a, that was a, an effort to chase her away. Right. She definitely was driving people away. Yeah. And Claire just kept coming back. And then the fact that Claire just jumped in and like, was like, no, this is not going to happen. We're not, I am not going to let you disappear into nothing Mm -hmm. was, was really, that was really well done. Yeah, that makes me ask you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mentioned earlier that I illegally looked at some reviews. And in one of the reviews, there was a very detailed explanation of the movie. And what they said is at the end, in the boat, she tricks the demon one last time and is saved. And I'm like, that's not what I saw. I think they just came and got her before it was too late. Did she trick the demon? How? What's that? So I don't have any notes about the very end. I think I was so wrapped up in what was going on that I didn't take notes about like how it all resolved. And I don't completely remember all of the details. Was it something about whether there were actually bullets in the gun? Maybe. Cause it, cause you know, he was trying, the, the demon was trying to make her shoot herself. Yeah. And she drops the gun. I, I don't know. I don't remember the details. And in the, in this moment, I'm like, oh, her friend showed up and like broke the spell. But when I think about it, actually, I don't think that is what happened. Some, 
she she made a decision not to do the thing that nothing was telling her to do. Mm-hmm. And then her friend was immediately there to reinforce that decision and protect her and, and break her away from it, which I think is an important piece of it. And I think that is like also a really good thing to point out that like her friend didn't save her from herself. Yeah. Her friend was there to support her. When but, she made the choice for herself to yes. not fall into nothing. Yes. Claire had to make that decision for herself, which is which is a really important piece of it. But then her friend was there to, to help support her in that very difficult decision that she made. I don't know. I'd have to watch the end again to see. I, I think it's yeah, very possible. I feel like I might have missed something. Yeah. And, and really, it makes me wonder if it's not something about how that she took bullets out of the gun and the demon didn't realize that. So, yeah, but I don't know. I don't remember. It was pretty easy to fool. The one note that I do have toward the end was I said, uh, this movie is like if MC Escher made horror films. (laughs) And I think that was like when she was in the reverse house and like there were all these things happening and there were actually some shots where it seemed very Escher-like where like stairways that don't actually make sense when you think about... Like that they're going up, but then suddenly they're going down and that sort I don't of thing. I remember that. I remember all the, you know, she kept seeing the various fake versions of her getting murdered, like off in one room or another as she went by those rooms. And, and I think that, that was it was that fun. same time where it was just like nothing quite made sense. Like she'd go mm-hmm. into a room and then it would be, she wouldn't really be where she was. Like everything was shifting around that had this very like Escher yeah. quality to in my mind. Um, and then just storyline too, like things kept shifting and not, nothing was quite what you thought it was when you followed to the end of it. You're like, oh wait, this isn't where I thought I would end up. Yeah. So I don't know. That was, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. My note on that was, I like when time overlaps, but it didn't quite do that. Like it almost felt like she could have saved these women, mm-hmm. even though that happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm always into that kind of muddled up time thing. Yeah. But it wasn't quite that, but it was, she was, it was like she was there when each of them were getting killed and she was kind of finding out what's going on, unfortunately. Which, I mean, that was nothing like telling her, basically g- giving her the exposition of, yeah. here's all the stuff you missed. <laughs> yeah, previously on. <laughs> here's what you missed when you were pretending I didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, when you were ignoring what your husband's up to every night. Yeah, I mean, that does... He was up to a lot, and <laughs> it's concerning to me that she had no idea what was happening. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like... I feel like I would notice if you were sleepwalking every night and building a second house. Yeah, yeah, doing construction in your sleep and <laughs> I don't I don't know. I feel like I would be like, "Hey dude, what's up? Where did you go?" <laughs> yeah. I think well, we have no. some things to work out. The part you're missing is that she was a school teacher. Oh, right. She was much too busy. She had no idea what else was going on. Yeah, I mean, I think that is that is a situation where, like, in relationships, you get so caught up with what's going on in your own world that you you aren't paying attention to what's going on in the other person's world, mm-hmm. which is dangerous. It's a good anniversary lesson. Yes. Ratings. This is not really my kind of movie. 
which is weird for me to say because psychological thrillers are definitely my kind of movie, but this one moved too slowly. Like <laughs> I was, I was frustrated with, um, with the pacing of it. That being said, I think this movie was very well done. I think, I think there a lot of the emotional stuff was exceptional. I liked the acting. The storyline was probably my favorite part about it. Like it was, it was a unique individual story that, that is not just a hashing over of the same old scary thing. Yeah. And using, pulling horror out of grief is, you know, that's, that's a, there's a lot to pull from there. So, um, I thought I thought a lot of it was really well done. So I feel like my personal score is lower than I would think probably other people would score it. I'm going to give this movie three and a half spooky silhouettes out of five. <laughs> I forgot about the silhouettes. That was one of my favorite <laughs> just like visual gags in the whole yeah. movie. It's going to make me see the detailing of like, like the tops of pillars and and the edging along the top of a wall, like in a very different way, I think. <laughs> Which again is more of that, it was more of that like visual, like MC Escher, yeah. um, optical illusion kind of thing happening. There, there yeah, was a theme indeed. of that. Anyway, three and a half out of five, because uh, it was good, but it just, I feel like I was kind of bored with, too much of it, which is sad because it is not a boring movie. What did you think? Yeah, it was it was a slow burn, as they say, mm-hmm. which I don't know why that's the only way for things to be slow, but they have to be. It's a slow burn. Of course, I like the slow horror movies that are so depressing and dark and grim. That's just fun. That's just peppy and zippy for me. You like your monotone movies. Yes. I thought this was really good. It didn't quite click with me in some way. Like, I was also kind of bored. I think it maybe, like you said, it was with the scares not quite lining up or even the psychological horror not quite lining up. But it was an interesting mystery and it all worked. So it was really good. And I'm going to give it four and a half spooky silhouettes out of five. See, I think that's more in line of what people would generally say about this movie i think it just didn't work for me yeah you've got to be ready for the slow burn yeah yeah fight the horror of a world gone mad there wasn't a lot that i could pull that was directly related to anything political in this movie um, it was mu- it was very Teachers much should get paid more. <laughs> that yes, yes. Teachers should get paid more and parents should never go in and be like, my kid who did nothing all mu- all semester <laughs> long should get a higher grade. Um, yeah, because they're gonna regret it. <laughs> right? You never know who you're gonna be walking into face. Um no, like it it was very much about what was going on in her head and had very little to do with like connecting to the outside yeah. world. So I guess the connection that I would make to the horrors of the outside world today is that you can't give up. Like as much as this movie was about depression and grief and she came so close to giving up, 
she didn't in the end and she had her support system and the nothing didn't get to take her. And I think that is an important thing to remember while fighting the day-to-day like yuck that we face, (laughs) the nothing that's trying to destroy all of humanity um, is that you just can't listen to that voice that is telling you that what you're doing doesn't matter and that you don't matter. And it's really easy to think my one vote doesn't matter amongst the 200,000 potential votes in my city or my one hour of volunteering doesn't make the difference, but it does when it's combined with that one vote and that one hour and that one effort from all of the other people who are also doing the work. Yeah, that's that's the thing I think about with just about everything is is that idea that, you know, my one little one doesn't count, but if everybody thought that, then none of this would happen. So I have to do it. I have to think that mine counts because otherwise, if everyone else thinks this way, it's not going to work. Right. Because when you reach the point where you think, oh, yeah, that voice is right. I don't matter. That's the point where you give up. Because if it doesn't matter, then there is no point. Yeah. Like exactly like you said. So don't give up. Do the one thing that you can do and then get up and do it again the next day and the next day and the next day and and have that support system. Like find the other people who are doing their one thing and help each other through the hard times because that is vitally necessary. Yeah, support networks. Well, that's it for the night house. And we'll catch you guys next week with a classic movie from the past or the future or the present (laughs) that you're going to love. So descriptive. Yeah, being very specific about our movie. All right. Well, see you later, everybody. Don't forget to contact your elected representatives. Bye. I hope you have a lovely summertime because it's not Halloween. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know what to say when it's not Halloween.